When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's gonna relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69 from any size frozen drink like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry to a new ice cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. How should you plan for when your home becomes too small or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender. This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf's fun, eh? Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min uh, Football Network. Join me this evening. We've got Stu. No Huddersfield, hurrah. Hello. We've got Tom. Hello. And we've got Adam. Yes, second few comments. Very happy that Forrest have done the business tonight. I was going to say, we. I think that's something we can all get behind, isn't it? Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Especially considering Wolves' record against Huddersfield. More yeah, they were all tonight, weren't they, for a little bit? <clears throat> Let's be honest, we're all just going to get a fan cast table booked at table number one at Hooters, aren't we? That's what we're, <laughs> we're going to do. It's not going to happen. We'll have them Boxing Day half 12. We all know this. They'll ruin it's our fun. Hooters. <laughs> we'll still get to Hooters. It's <laughs> a rough shift. Day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I was going to say, at least we know we'll, we're playing next season now, which... Uh, to say, out of the three that's come up, the most interesting one's Forest, but they're also probably most likely to go down as well. Because although I think their manager is, fanta- is a genuinely fantastic coach, that team's got a lot of improving to do to uh, to stay up because they might not get the VAR decisions. Uh, I did see the I did see the um, the Premier League for next season all by badge logo, and just seeing Forest there was like just a little tinge of nostalgia. Just seeing the Forest logo there, <laughs> shame it's still ruined by having like Bournemouth's badge in there. But I know. Ho- hopefully, hopefully they'll go next year. Yeah, I think I'm, I do that. I think there's a good chance all three promoted teams will go straight back down again. Mm. Like more, more than there has been for a little bit of a while, but we're not here to talk about everyone else. We're here to talk about Wolves and do our season review. We're going to do our unofficial official awards. Going to look at what we think might happen in the off-season as well. And end on a couple of quiz questions as well. So, I don't think I've had a season that's been so hard to sum up in a while. Because we have been peak, mid-table, inconsistent. It's been, we've had the ups, we've had the downs, we've had drama, we've had narrative, you name it. Um, I think it's really interesting that 
it, kind of whoever you talk to, like you, you'll look at the season differently. So like some will say it's not been a good season because of where we were. We've had some will say, you know, it's fantastic because it's improving on that next on last season. But I'm gonna throw it to you guys to argue out about whether we've been good, bad, or nice little bit of grey in the middle. So to, to kind of recap, just in case you are listening or watching this, if you're watching it live, hello everyone, good to see you all. Um, make sure you're subscribing, you're commenting. I'll do your best to show it in the uh, on the video as well. But if you're a Wolves fan watching this um, and you weren't already aware, we finished 10th on 51 points with minus five goal difference. At the start of this time last year, we got rid of Nuno. End of an era. Tom, are you taking that? I think after reflecting on everything, <clears throat> yes. And particularly after, I, particularly today, I think seeing Forrest uh, go up in the playoff final and considering it's been, what was it, 30 years since they were last even in, in the top tier of English football, and we look how far we've come. And I know that there are lots of fans that say, well, it's not about looking how far we've come. It's about constantly, you know, seeing where you are and trying to be the best you can in that position. But I'm, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to think, yeah, OK, 51 points, 10th. I mean, it could be a lot worse. We could be one of those teams like the Huddersfields, the Knotts Forests, who are like constantly trying to get up into that top tier and to sit comfortably in mid-table considering the kind of shit that we've watched, not only this season, but in the past 10 to 15 years, I think it's, it's easy to, it's easy to um, complain, but I'm going to accept it for sure. For sure. I think I've come to terms with it. <clears throat> yeah. Stu. So slightly different question, just to open up the table. Where would you have taken Wolves finishing on the 1st of January. So half I was going to say halfway through the season it wasn't it was we played 18 games at that point. But we were we were eighth in the league. Um level points with Leicester with Brighton a point behind us. Halfway through the season would you have taken 10th? Dropping two points but overall uh, it's so far I mean I, I never really thought that we'd get it. I didn't think we'd qualify for Europe anyway. I never. No, uh, there was a couple of episodes where I said, oh, yeah, we fall on the Champions League train and all that kind of fun, fun and games. But really, I was never fully in on the whole hype of it all because I know what we like. And I, I said it with six weeks to go that we'd only get five points. We ended up getting two. And I probably would have took eighth. So 10th, from that point of view, is a disappointment. But... You look at it, start of the season, I said 16th. It's an improvement on what I expected. But that was with the caveat of being entertaining. That part wasn't met for a long time. So it's, but I think 10th with 38 goals from 38 games does everything. And yeah. the fact that we are there is a minor miracle. So you got to take it here. So Adam Positive Club Price. <clears throat> Where are you sitting on this? Because I know I know you're pushing your you're pushing your like I, I I mean I had Bruno down. I did a podcast with Stu back in February, was it Stu? When I did a graphic saying Bruno Large, man of the season question mark. 
and I think it is literally all gone to pot since then. But yeah, um, there's 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 a there's a context you can apply to this, can't you? So you said before about what what came before. So what came before was just a dirge of a season under Nuno, and then has has there been improvement this season? Well, the table just 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 looking at the table says yes, we have we have improved. That's only one part of the story. The other part of the story is, you know, look at what we could have won. You know, that that angle we had that period where. We just constantly, and we'll we'll, probably, we'll get into this more as we get into the weeds of the season. But we had that period of the season towards the end when every week we we were just presented a seventh place opportunity on a silver platter, and every every week we just seemed to just say no, no thanks, not 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 this weekend, not this weekend. And I don't know how many team, how many times a team wants to take an opportunity, but the bit that always the, the bit that I, 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 have, I have been positive about the season and yes I was sort of on the, the Champions League not not so the Champions League train but the, the European football train mm. I was I was on the the, the Europa Conference League train for sure but is that really a train uh, it's, it, it <laughs> I'm thinking if like we got if we call, if we call in Champions League a train what are we then calling the next two tiers down the, the Conference League train well then Rattler one Ones like uh, a London Midland one, I guess. That's, that's <laughs> like, they'll get you to all like all of the Midland stops on the way. That's what the the constant. But you still enjoy it. It still gets you to where you yeah. need to be. Yeah. I would say I would say it's one of those electric scooters that you could you get off the side of the road and will just take you to another part of town. You know, it's quite entertaining, but it's not going to get you to fucking London or anything like that. Yeah, not not in any kind of style or comfort, <laughs> is it? No. Um. No, but like um, you caveat it against all that, and you think, yes, we've had we've had a good season because we've progressed. But it's obviously like the the cliche that I always hate is, oh, I would have taken such and such at the start of the season. Like it's always how the season pans out. You know, if you if you'd have said, oh, I'd have took took tenth to start the season, but considering that we took we like we threw away seventh like twenty times, you think. No, we really should have ended up doing better than than what than what we've ended up have ended up finishing. Yes, tenth is an improvement. Factually, it just is because we were what thirteenth last year, I think it was. Yeah. So tenth is fact factually an improvement. However, it's it hasn't been an improvement enough because now what happens is that we're going to start to lose players because we haven't got to really where we should have been, and I'm, I'm sure we you know. We'll, that's the opening gambit anyway, and I'm sure we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll jump more into it. As we get go through the, the specifics, yeah. Let, 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 I was going to say let, let's dive right into a thicket then, and one of I guess the biggest themes that's kind of come up with what you guys have talked about initially is style of play. Because again, this time last season in the off season, Bruno comes in, and I think by and large, I say us, whether us as a fan cast or whatever, or. Um, why do we all kind of bought into we're going to play better football now? And he was talking the talk. And I think, as Stu said before, you know, it was looking like we we're going to go for a back four until he played a preseason friendly with these players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and realized, yeah, that ain't, that ain't happening. Um, and the season started off, I was going to say, weirdly positive, didn't it? With those three, weirdly, with three defeats. But I don't think I've ever been so optimistic as a Wolves fan losing three on a bounce, thinking, 
I did I, I did podcasts with, with not not just with you guys because you know I'm big in the game you know um, <laughs> I'm a big deal with, I'm a big with, deal. I don't yeah I'm, I'm a big deal with one <laughs> podcast who sometimes call me up when they're you know when other people more knowledgeable aren't available um, but we're all confident and through a myriad of reasons things change but. Do you think a lot of us just hold on a lot of hope for those first three games of the season? That's kind of strung us along for a large bit of it. Because even after that, it only really happened in drips and drabs, that free-flowing style, didn't it, Stu? Hmm. I can think of like four games where I was like... And even then, that was half games, like against West Ham and Everton, for example, first half of the season. Yeah, it was almost like he got scared by not by not getting anything at all out of them first three, playing so well creating so many chances, being so utterly useless in front of goal and thinking, well, if we can't score, then we're going to have to make sure that we can defend. And that seems to be the theme of the season after just three games, which is just completely odd, considering you think, well, you look who we played in the first three games as well. It's not All like three we... of them finished above us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, half the league finished above us, really. But... Um... <laughs> <laughs> that's a very fair comment but <laughs> yeah but that, they should yeah. all be beating us in fear like you know they, they are all better teams than us yeah and, and that was the point that we, we played so well against teams like that he didn't give it a chance to play like that against the mm. mid, mid table against the plankton that were there if we'd beaten so it was just bizarre how he just changed on a dime and we never really got back to them heights really it's just weird yeah, it was. Um... It, was um, it was really strange, wasn't it? Like the fact that we were so used to, at that point, we're still obviously you know, getting over the Nuno ball, or the, or the, you know, the dregs of it at the end of the season. And then we put those first three games. So it was, who was it? It was Leicester, Spurs, and Man United. What was it? 20, over 20 shots a game against each of those three teams. And I said after two home games, I remember, like all the fans still didn't applaud, even after like the Man United. United game, which was the third loss on the spin, teams still applauded off, and everyone was thinking, "This is all right. This is we haven't got twenty shots a game. It's going to come good eventually." It just is, but but then yeah, it's, as Stu said, I can only, I can only assume his thought. Hey, well, if this carries on, if I if I talk up another loss, it could be like a Frank de Boer situation here where I'm gone <laughs> after a month. You know, after, after losing four straight four on spin, especially if I, especially if we dumped out the cup first match as well. The uh, the Worthington Cup, I forgot what it's called, Carabao Cup. <laughs> so if we jumped out of that early doors, you must, have, you must have just thought, I've got to change it now. And then, I mean, all right, we had, it was Watford, was their fourth league game. So they're, they're like a bit of cannon fodder that we probably needed to get up and running. But after, after that, yeah, he just, he almost reverted back to a type of Nuno ball, didn't it? For the rest of the season where we, we went, mm. just now we're going to have to, we're going to, have to play defensive now because I can't trust us after these three games against as we said, strong teams, hasn't really given it a proper chance. And then we've kind of reverted to more functional football and have our defence bail ourselves out of games constantly. Now, yeah, do, no. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think that when you talk about that United game at home, actually, in the grand scheme of things, I, I mean, it was great to see us wallop Watford 4-0. But as you say, they were cannon fodder. They were destined to get relegated at that point anyway. 
and I found I found that game where we lost one 0 to Man United way more entertaining, way more enjoyable. I got more out of that game. I think I enjoyed watching us move the ball more um, in that game because there was so much kind of potential and promise, and everyone walked away from that game feeling very, very kind of optimistic in a way. And yeah, you're right that that style of play just kind of diminished as the season went on. It was really frustrating. Yeah. Do we think the, I guess the, the style change, and I've, I've, I'll pull up a graphic about, um, about kind of our style in a minute. Do we think it was led because we didn't have the players to consistently do it? So we had this great attacking form um, and like free flowing football, but the chances just kept falling to a diamond trial over both those first three games, didn't they? <laughs> it's like not the play that you want it to. So it was almost like a case of, well, if we create some chances, we'll get one in eventually. But if we tighten up at the back, then we are so less likely to concede any goals that we can just play, you know, a bit of football by numbers, very, a very efficient football style. And it kind of seemed to just happen quietly overnight. But do you think it was led because he didn't think we had the players to do it because we weren't kind of going to be able to, you know, absolutely hammer teams or what really? Or you say, like, so you kind of sort of alluded to, yeah, well, Price was, um, actually, if we'd have lost against Watford, would have people been really questioning his methods? Mm. I mean, funnily enough, we you look at the actual score lines and we won like we were conceding like six and getting absolutely pummeled like Leeds, which is kind of I still don't understand where it came from because it was. Yeah, we, we were creating chances and we were giving some up, but we wasn't conceding. And that kind of, that carried on throughout the season anyway. We, like we talked about last week, we jazz ace half saving our arse most of the time. So we, we tightened up by not, not going forward more than anything else, but we still let shots away all over the place. It's, I think it, it, it was just the fact that he was scared. He, he just, it was just a reaction, I think. No. So probably a bit of both. I'll say um, in in the YouTube comments, uh, uh, Wayne Mackey, who's a regular kind of listener uh, to the show, sort of said, "Should be talking about the first three games of the season. Should be talking about the final three because that's where we are now." But I think there's a really interesting like parallel within that because obviously we barely got any points, but we were scared in a different way at the end of the season, weren't we? That mm. we just seem to like be, I know, just genuinely afraid of our own shadows at certain points. Yeah, I, I also, I, I'm frustrated with how Kilman just fell out of favour, didn't he? I think it was after the Palace game in the mid, in the beginning of March. And when you think about when you think about the whole season from the August to March, it's a lot of football. But then it seemed to be that one game in March, two thirds into the season, where he he didn't have a particularly good game, and it could be argued that he was responsible for one of those goals in the two 0 loss that just completely fell out of favour. And I think we heaped too much, well, Bruno heaped too much expectation on Bolly, who, you know, let's be honest, for the last two years has been inconsistent. Um, Mm. And even though he had a brilliant, brilliant season in that Europa League season and the season before that, I, I think that he was not the right person to come in for... I think Kilman should... I, 
I just feel really confused by that. Um, and because I think arguably up until March, he was probably our, our best player and, you know, fitness and things like that. I understand that, but um, I think that we should have prioritised getting him into the squad as much as possible personally. Yeah, I think the Palace game you mentioned, I was kind of said before, I think that was a bit of a catalyst for our season turning. And I know that, like, well, sort of talking about the start in terms of, you know, what did we think, expectation at the start of the season, midway through the season. And it seemed like there was a couple of turning points in the second half of the season. Um, particularly for me, that Palace game was one because I think of the fallout from the players afterwards with Hoover, who, you know, we, we talked about at the time about, you know, whether he deserved it, whether it was right or wrong of Bruno to come out so publicly with it. But there were a couple of turning points around then. And I think injuries was a big factor um, in our form second half of the season, um, particularly around, you know, losing Kilman was massive, losing Samedo was massive as well. And the players who came in, by and large, didn't contribute to the levels they need to. Um, you know, Bob Bolly comes in. He had a couple of good games, uh, you know, literally at both ends uh, of his spell in the team. But beyond that, he had some really poor ones. Donk comes in for Neves. <laughs> the the drop-off's very obvious, isn't it? And we just seem to really struggle to find out any kind of momentum second half of that season or sort of last third of the season. Um what would you guys sort of say the turning points there's, were then? Putin. There's got to be. <laughs> you can blame him for a lot, to be fair, to be honest. But uh, he's, he's, he'll, he'll be dead in three years anyway. But see, right? I mean, so that's all right. <laughs> um, I mean, February was was obviously the big one because that was we, we were literally, I think, we were level pegging with with West Ham at that point, only two points behind Arsenal, and we we lost consecutive games to West Ham and Arsenal and then that Palace 2-0 as well. So we, that was just a, a massive shot, like shot to our confidence, really. But again, we had, we had more opportunities again. We, we, we had the Leeds game, which just that was just inexplicable. The Leeds game, really, to be 2-0 to be up. And then you know, Jimenez gets, you know, his sec- second red card of the season. That that game completely changes, and we, we blow that. We blow that one. And then just as we said, the, the, the way we finished the season was just embarrassment. It just how it all petered out. So I mean, we didn't we didn't win for the last what seven seven games. We like we lose mm. to we lose game. We, we've had really poor runs against teams that we should be beating. So we never beat Norwich. This season, we had, we had two. But, I mean, that's just classic. Norwich. That's just classic Wolves. Three, isn't it, And then we lo- we didn't beat Burnley. So two out of the three that went down, we never we didn't beat. So we lost to Burnley. We drew nil 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 with them at home. Palace did a double over us as well. I mean, I know we've got a bit of a hoodoo at their place, and it's never a fun place to go, Sellhurst. But there's just some games there where, like, you know, you think it's just. But what's 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 going what's going on? You know why are we? It's just these sort of games where you know we should, if we want to get to where we want to be, we've got to we put in sort of those 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 teams to sort, especially in Norwich's and Burnley's. You know that there. Mm. If you, mind you, that the old argument goes, you know, if you can't be, then get you get what you deserve. But 
you know, we went through decent spells as well. We had, I think we had a couple of five game runs where we didn't lose and read, read good spells. That's what, you know, a good turning point. That's what shot us up the table a little bit. But ultimately there was too many spells where we just, just kept blowing it. Yeah. I think one of the, it's a frustrating thing, isn't it? When, when you beat wall, when you beat Man United in January and you know, that's such a huge game and, our game plan was so brilliant and we play so well, but then we lose to Norwich and Burnley and, and, and throw away leads two leads. It makes those amazing performances go to waste, doesn't it? It's so frustrating. It's um, you, you put all of that effort into away from home at Old Trafford, beat a team, which yeah, arguably have struggled this season, but still a monolith in the Premier League. And then, yeah, throw it away to teams that we should be easily beating. Yeah, I think one of the uh, big things for Wolves is that one of the reasons why we got to 10th, and it's one of the reasons why we couldn't progress any further, is the amount of games we drew. But some of those that, as Pricey mentioned, we had a couple of runs which kind of pushed us up the table because we got like three wins on the bounce, or we got a couple of like, you know, really solid results, one after the other, and got that bit of momentum. But we then had like stinkers second half of the season where we lost like three games in a row but then we'd win one and it kind of evened itself out enough to kind of push us forward. But, you know, you take out like the last couple of draws against Chelsea and Norwich as well. And we were like weirdly low, but when you compare again, those three first games of the season, but also losing one nil to West Ham and then losing to like, even likes of Burnley. And that is just like games where particularly that West Ham one, because I know we'd got our, you know, we're licking our wounds after that Arsenal game. Um, and again, those were two games where just get out with points and we couldn't, you know, particularly one where we lost 2-1. We just needed to dig our heels in and get a draw because at that point, that meant just Arsenal just let frogged us in the table within a month after beating us twice. Mm. And that, that's, I guess, kind of, Style-wise, overall, we did really struggle with that game management in certain situations, and particularly Bruno, in terms of some of the tactics he chose. If they didn't quite work, he didn't quite know how to change it, or whether the players weren't capable of adapting, which I think is a, a, a fair thing to throw out as well. Yeah, like like that Palace game as well. The second, hmm. the Palace at home, we all said on the preview show and the, the week before, if we go into that Palace game, the same approach as we did at Sellers, they're going to batter us again because we can't play against that kind of press. And lo and behold, look what happens. I mean, I jokingly mentioned Putin, but it was no coincidence that Kilman did suffer after the whole Ukraine thing. And then taking him out, brought Bolly in, who had one good game, like we mentioned last week. But then Kilman was brought back in out of position and he never got his form back. Mm. And you think, well, just weird stuff like that and not being able to see patterns in games. And I mean, it's not even a pattern. You look at the games against the teams that we've already played once this season, and you think, okay, did it work? Yes. Okay, we'll do it again. Did it work? No. We'll change it then. He never changed it. (laughs) The only game he did against Brentford. Yeah. I was just just about to say that. Beyond that, I can't think of any. There was a weird pattern for him towards the end of the season when we we were getting... Multiple changes to the, to the lineup per game, weren't we as well? There was, mm. the, the lineup was settled for a period, and then um, I, I don't know when exactly. I can't pinpoint it, but 
when I normally walk up to the to the ground from home, I get the, like the team news partway through. I'm looking at my phone as I'm walking up, and you know, consecutive home games. Look at it, thinking, oh well, there's another three changes today, or you know, it, it, there's another two. The following game will be another couple of changes. He, he couldn't. It's almost like he suddenly, in an aspect, to try and get it, get back on track. He's just trying different things now, just to see what what sticks, what was working before, and there wasn't. And you can you could just tell he was just trying to change things. And I guess this is what leads into some kind of doubt about Bruno is that that this is, this is all come at the wrong time for him. So if you invert our season and if he starts off slowly, then we've finished strong. You know, everyone would all say, "Let's get you know this. This is, 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 is this is good. Give him the summer to." to to strengthen, we'll carry momentum into next season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But as it's inverted now, and he's finished on such a poor run, that just then leads people to start asking the question of, oh, is he is he actually the right guy? Should we now it's, now it's the close season? Should we should we take take this time there to make a change? And we've mentioned before, or I'm sure it's it's been out there. On, we've talked about it ourselves and here about he's got form at Benfica for not being able to change. A poor run. It's been, you know, I think that was the reason why he was sacked, wasn't it? Because he went on a very poor run. The Benfica couldn't address couldn't address the slide, and and they've got rid of him. Now he's got. Luckily for Bruno, he's got this natural pause now, where he's got a couple of months to take stock. Hopefully, get the players in that he wants. Get use a preseason to get the the position. Well, the formation that he wants. And hopefully take it forward because, as we said, how, how how the season finished, we were just we just as one of the comments that said there, we just didn't look like scoring. We just see it had this like inability to be able to threaten the goal and you know their forward line, especially here and there, to barely get a touch all game. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I, I think that if if you could mix Bruno and Hassan Hootel or something like that, where as you said, when when things aren't going right for us this season, Bruno just found himself in a rut that he couldn't get himself out out of. And if you added that little bit of the Hassan Hootels who can seem to get battered by some team and then go on a really decent run of two or three games where they win just to kind of bring some equilibrium. Granted, they they didn't finish as as high as us in the league, but do you see what I mean? Like that, mm. there needed to be some kind of element of right that didn't work. Let me calmly try and figure something out so that we can actually try and salvage some points in the next games rather than either doubling down or, you know, which is quite controversially throw players under the bus or whatever it might have been. But I feel like there he lacks that skill of being able to diagnose problems and then calmly try and rectify them in the next games. Yeah, he, he I mean, has... But- I was going to say he has now he has been a first team coach slash manager for thirty months in his entire career. Hmm. Was he was so, he a player? Did he have a career or no? no not really. Just, okay. I mean, like, we're, I mean, it, it, it is a like a I was going to say a useful knack to have as a manager, but it's like it's a, almost an intuitive one in terms of like understanding like the flow of a game, things like that. Like, yeah, do I Harry Redknapp, for example? Do I think he's a particularly great? coach or manager or go down history probably not no but he did have a bit of a knack of knowing the flow of the game well Zinedine Zidane's an even better example like he's no tactical mastermind but he'd bring on subs or whatever he, oh Carlo Ancelotti 
like yesterday. We all knew how that game was going to pan out. As we all do the eyebrows <laughs> for the audio listeners. But you know, you kind of just knew it was just going to ride it out and then go, right, I'll bring on the fresh legs and things. But it, it's a really good point you made, Tom, that you kind of didn't... He almost didn't know how to fix it. Now, do we think a lot of it comes down to the fact that the big thing he's hammered for about six months up until the end of the January transfer window was the lack of signings we made. So uh, in terms of ones we actually made this year, it wasn't actually that many. When you genuinely look at it, um, that it impacted the first team. Um, I've realised I've not updated the bit on the bottom, but essentially in terms of incoming signings, we got in Jose Sarr which I think we can all agree has been a fantastic signing, but he was a replacement goalkeeper. We brought in uh, Trincao. Uh, Eight Nori was technically a signing this um, this season because we didn't actually activate a loan clause for him. We signed him. Um, Hwangi Chan, loan and brought. And then Chiquinho as well, who's been, you know, an absolute diamond in the rough, it feels like. So it's not exactly like we did lots of improving to the team. Um, overall to kind of really help Bruno, particularly, you know, when, when we look at it. So what have we got? Goalkeeper, um, two wingers, a striker and left wing back. I mean, not exactly like m- m- much down the middle of the park, is it? No, and, and people are getting excited for this summer as well. <laughs> um, it was just shit, wasn't it? We, we, let's just put it this way. The, the transfer windows for the last the last four have been pretty awful, to be honest. And yeah, no one's made a difference, have they? That's that's. I think that that's the problem. No, I mean, like you said, Sar was a replacement for Ruby. He's probably kept us in the top half of the table. But outfield-wise, no one's done anything. I mean, I, I, I was going to say like, but none of them have been like super key additions. I mean, eight Nori. I think he's clearly someone who's got a very good future ahead of him but I think as we said we had him last season we can go we've seen that natural development but I know we're, we're, we'll talk about Trincao um second half of the show anyway but he is not someone who's dramatically improved Wolves Huang bath six games not, not chance. yeah <laughs> um I was gonna say I, I we we did our player report card um show uh, last week didn't we Stu and we gave Wang an optimistic four and a half out of ten uh, and it's like oh that's, that's not what you want to hear as a football player isn't it um and and again like Chiquinho as well really interesting player see him coming on um but it almost felt like we kind of stumbled into that one a little bit um so it's not like he had a lot of help and then kind of outgoings wise as well um, that we actually only sold three players um, last summer. We sold Rafa Mir, Rui Patricio, and Owen Ossesawi. Now, I think we just kind of scrap Owen Ossesawi because, you know, he's... Uh, fuck knows what's going to happen to him, but it ain't going to be football. Patricio, I think that's kind of worked out for all parties. You know, he's gone and won um, the Conference League. We, we've got Saar. Everyone's happy. Now, the one I kind of wanted to sort of pick apart, and, you know, it, it, we've got it in the YouTube comments uh, somewhere about, you know, we, we, we ain't looking like scoring. 
do we think the selling Rafa Mir, bearing in mind we've made fuck all signings, <laughs> like it's it's not like the, I think we sold him for like fifty mil, was it? Yeah, I did all right. For yeah, him. So. If, yeah. If you, but if we've you, basic, we've basically swapped Wang for Rafa Mir. If we? you look at Rafa Mir's stats for this season, it's actually eye watering. It's it's ten goals in thirty four games for Seville. That that's a good 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 result for him in his first season it's more than any Wolves player's got this season well, this, <laughs> that's what I mean. just... and, and yeah I, I completely appreciate that La Liga is a different kettle of fish to the Premier League that sometimes if you score 10 goals in 35, 35, uh, 34 games in La Liga that doesn't necessarily translate to the Premier League I understand that however yeah since he originally signed for us, then jailed wherever he went, Wesker or wherever it was he went, he has consistently scored goals. And I think it's one thing to say, okay, he can score 10 goals for Seville in one season, but wherever he's gone, he has scored. So yeah, it's a bit of a head scratcher that one. And I would be so, I would be really interested to see in a wolf shirt, how he could do in a Premier League season if we actually gave him a shot, gave him a shot. But you know, I mean, especially, especially when you compare him to, um, because like, essentially he was arguably second or third choice behind Jimenez and Silva. Now, if you take Silva out of the equation, because, I mean, he's that level <laughs> younger. Take a £35 million pound signing out of the equation. Yeah, you take, you take a that huge elephant albatross <laughs> off his back. But, I mean, we, we've talked about Jimenez before. It, he has really struggled this season. Like, I... You look back on it and, you know, uh, I think uh, Dan Bowen's comment says, I think he made it clear he didn't want to play for us. I think he would have. Yeah, yeah I, was gonna say I think he might have done if he, he had for chance. But, you know, I think I it's... Think, I, think, I think by that point, he was... Um, he just he had it. He, he didn't really... His heart wasn't in it here, to be honest. He'd only had a couple of games for us. He went to Forest. Didn't do it there either. Um Going back to Spain just kind of suited him, to be honest. That was shown at Huesca. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored a truckload for them, considering the fact I think they went down, didn't they? Yeah. Huesca. And then he's got his move to, to Seville, with Sevilla. And it's worked out for him. Yeah, he's, he's probably where he wants to be. And that's shown that, that he, the enthusiasm of being where he is has come out in his football. And to be honest, if he was here, he'd have had nothing created for him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I dare say that, you know, at least at Sevilla, you know, he's had opportunities to have shots on goal. Whereas, I mean, a, you know, one thing I will sort of say is, like, even when, you look, even when you look at the out, outgoings, you know, I, you know, I pointed out that, you know, in our signings, even when you look at um, the development squad players that we we got, like, um, Carabe, now he is a midfielder, but clearly they didn't expect him to be ready. Um, to compete for first team second half of the year but it's not like I was going to say there was only one player in terms of those lone players that I think we missed in terms of that creative void and that was Gibbs White but you know out of those loans as well um, you know um, Ronan's done very well up in Scotland um, which is great Shaw Dow um, we hardly knew ye um, (laughs) Joined, uh, joined, still waiting to get on. Yeah, he's still still waiting to get on. Um, but yeah, get, get, you know, it, it, the reason why I included Gibbs White um, 
Sarkic and Ronas because they've all had fantastic loan spells and it's the loan system working for us. So hopefully, um, you know, we're going to do something with Gibbs White, whether it's he plays first team football for us or we sell him for 20 mil. I personally see him going to Forest, but yeah. that's, uh, you know, that that's an easy, that's an easy rumour, isn't it? You know, I might get you know that on Twitter later. Well, we're talking about loans. Just out of curiosity, I just had a look at William Jose this season. Eight goals in 32 games. Of course, yeah. So, was he a shit? Was he that awful? As or was this terrible wall system that Nuno destroyed last season a hangover and a, and a hindrance to him as well? I'll tell you what, mate. I completely forgot about that bloke. William Jose was the most <laughs> forgettable, <laughs> mate. Handsome bloke. Maybe yes. a kind of maybe a uh, you know Poundland um, Giroud. <laughs> but, I don't know. Like you wanted it to work for him. I just think we, you know, we've had William Jose, Catrone, just these, you know, like stallion European chaps come in, and you know, you want them to do brilliantly, but it's just, it's just been a flop, hasn't it? And Catrone's um, that's it, Empoli or whatever is not particularly anything to write home about either. Yeah, don't worry. He's only three behind. Still got him. Still yeah, you, know, you, can, you can still make a glorious return. As, as Steve Griffiths says in the comments, Crony got three goals this season, only three behind him. And I'm pretty sure he got one of those goals on the last game of the yeah. game. How many red cards did he get? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I would say, the, the only other outgoing... And, oh, we, we probably spent... God, how many weeks do did me and you talk about Adam Traore and that bloody oh, transfer no, saga? But... but we talk about head scratching decisions. That's that that low move's just been financially slash anything else just piss poor from the club. You know, it's not, we as, can if, talk... it's not as if it's not as if anyone, any anyone, all of us, if probably all thirty thousand people that are following you every week have said this deal is a piece of shit. It's not as if it was all saying as soon as it come out, and that's why people want like sellers' his head on the stick, don't they? Because, yeah. Like, who? Why would you sign? Why would you sanction that deal when it's just completely stacked against us? It's just, it makes no sense. We're just giving away a player. I know, obviously, there's a debate to be how, to be had on how effective a player he has been this season. But nevertheless, we've just given away a player for nothing, and they, they don't even want him there. So he's going to come back to us, tail between his legs, having not worked out at his dream club or his hometown club. And now, what is he going to expect to walk back into our first team again? Or <laughs> what you know, we've created a bit of a situation for ourselves here now with this because I don't know. Whoever, whoever, uh, say, whoever sanctioned it, whoever thought that was a good idea at the time, <laughs> needs a firework up their ass. No, I, I think I'm one of the minority in the group chat that would welcome him back. And I, I would, I would start him at the beginning of the season. I'd start him. I, I would give him until the middle of October and just see what he can do. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really, really of the school of thought that when Traore is playing in our team, he makes things happen just passively off the ball. I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I am not a tactician. I'm just a football fan, but th- there's something about him being on the, being on the pitch that, excites me and I think does change things and 
I, I, I don't know. His statistic. I know that his statistics this year. Chiquinho's like you know statistically been better than him in in regards to kind of you know what he's been able to create. But there's something about him when when he's in your squad, he does scare players. To be fair, we've said it for a while, haven't we? That you know, when we bought him from Middlesbrough, so why why Wolves get him a newly promoted team and the same because no one can fit the pieces together and the, the problem remains now. I'm with you, Tom. I would. He's, he's my son's like favourite player, and he loves mm-hmm. he loves him. And I think if you get it again, it's, it's one of those where it's exciting. If 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 the pieces could all be put together, then it's it's you know it's, it's all there for him. But how long have we been? And I'm just caveating myself here, but we've been saying this for a very long time now, haven't yeah. we? And he's gone. He's gone to Barca. He's gone to his 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 hometown club, where it should have all just come together for him. Is in an attacking team, high quality players around him, and still not it's still not working for him. I'm kind of thinking that you know he would have worked better for Wolves if we had a different formation and a more attacking setup. I mean, look, we go back against the first three games of the season. We were much more attacking then, and all you know the, the chances all fell to him. And then we've reverted back to type, and then he's kind of he reverted to type again. You know, he, he's our most attacking outlet. He's got no one around to. He's got no one around him to, to help and get the best of him. He's probably when he's when he's crossing, if he gets on target, then he's only got him and Ez in the box to aim for essentially, and that drags him down further. I just I think in their current setup, we're not getting the. We're never going to get the best out of him anyway. But like I say, now we've just got. There'll be an interesting decision to make about him in the in the summer because Barca don't want him and he doesn't want to be here by the looks of it. So. What's his, what's his next step? Yeah, Stu, I'll hold your thoughts on Adama for the second half of the show because he's one of three players I want to talk about, you know, um, what potentially might happen to him. Um, but with Adama, there's always this question mark of potential and whether he's improved or not this season, up for debate or whatever. But some players have improved this season. And I picked out sort of four. We won't talk about them in, in any great lengths who I think we can probably all agree of improved from last season from what we saw throughout the pretty much the entire campaign in terms of Neves, Kilman, Samedo and Eight Nori are all significantly better players, you know, May 2022 than they were May 2021. Now, do you think that's because of the manager and the coaching? Or do we think that's the players naturally developing as well or a bit of both? Because again, I think all of them have been Really, really good for season for myriad of reasons. Well, if you if you look at what I mean, if we were prepared, we could have gone back and got the clip from twelve months ago and said, "Ah, oh, static, welcome." Um, so, replied to the YouTube comments of the audio people there. Um, if you go back twelve months, you know, I said, "What would you do with Neves?" You'd probably get about twenty million for him. His performances last season, when he'd been shackled to death by handbrake and co. And then you look at him now, and we're all arguing, oh, well, you don't want him left, anything less than 50 is a disgrace. That's not natural progression. That's coaching as well and being allowed to do what he's good at. So I think from, from I mean, not, not just the four you just picked, Rich, I mean, there's quite a lot of the, there's been very few players that have gone backwards this season. <laughs> there's been more individual progression than there has, has not. So. I think he just goes to prove. I mean, you look at everyone who's who's been coached by Bruno Lage 
Benfica as well. You look at players who've moved on to better things. Michel Felix, the obvious one. They'll they'll speak so highly of him as a coach. So I don't think it's no surprise, and he doesn't have to get credit for that for um, individual progression. It's just he's he's other things that's left a bit desired. But as a coach, I don't think he, we can question him one bit really. Yeah, I think that um, Samedo, I think by his own admission, had a tricky first season here in his recent interview. And he's, he was really one of our standout players. Uh, Kilman, obviously, in the club, he's been one of our star players, without a doubt, until obviously with what, we've already, what we've already discussed. I mean, he's a little bit of a downturn. Neves, season of his life, season of his career, really, he's... He's just been an absolute. I don't know what I don't know what's what's the correct sort of um, word to use, but he's just been just essential to everything that we want to do. Yeah, all of the above. You know, he's been everything that we wanted him to be and more this season. He's kind of held it all together, and he deserves better as as we know. But and then eight Nori, yeah, he has improved. But then we've also seen you know he's had this weird sort of conundrum where he doesn't play for a few games or and there's mm. these rumours about him not being able to manage two game, two consecutive games or something weird like that. I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. I don't think any of us really know what's going on. But he's another one that's it's it's all there in front of him. He's he's got everything to be a fantastic player for us. And I think he cost about nine mil, didn't he? So that's that's a slip in, in today's terms really. So yeah, those four, and we're obviously going to lose one of them, and we all know who out of those four we're going to lose in the summer. But with the other three, we're hoping to get the next season to kick on again and, and be even better. Yeah. Shall we round up the season with a couple of unofficial official awards? I don't know whether they should be unofficial official awards or official unofficial awards. Whichever works. Official unofficial. Official yeah. official. Right, I think the first one, I was going to say it's fairly easy, but I've kind of got a couple of minds. But the first one, I didn't put it on social media, is do, 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 goal of the season. So I will put on my awards jacket. A lovely job. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. You can see I've become very prepared for this, by which I mean it's been on the back of the chair since Friday. That's um, the parents' see, evening jacket. It is. It is. And for, so, for the audio yeah, people, it's, it's not woolen. It's a sequin. It's a sequin jacket in the wash, Rich. It is. You know what? It's in the washing machine as well. That's how well I take care of it, and so That's so is the bow tie as well. It is a real shame. Um, so goal of the season. What we're we going for, guys? Never against Watford. Yeah. Yes. It's got to be, hasn't it? Has yeah. to be. Honorable mention for Jimenez versus Southampton. Maybe I know it's a bit of a hoof ball up to the top of him, but. Reward and the moment. Yeah, I, I, I would. That was going to be my second. I think just from the context of where I was watching it as well. I was in London in a pub full of Southampton fans, and it was a very, very. Uh, it, it was a very, very sweet. Um, yeah, it, it, it was great seeing that goal go in, and particularly just the elation on his face in that celebration. It was, it was just, it was a good experience all round for, for him and for me to watch for sure. But yeah, it's got to be nervous against Watford. Now we've used this phrase a few times in the show so far um, because, and I liked it because you could use it in 
any context, but head scratcher of the season. So I, I'm going to go around the room. I'm going to go for mine first. It's not the strongest because we've had a few great ones on Twitter as well. Um, but I'm going to go for Jimenez is sending off against Man City. I, just, I, I, just, I, you know, literally, I'm scratching my head right now thinking about it because I think it was such a fucking stupid thing for him to do for for a seasoned pro who has got a good temperament on it. I think it was, but I can't get my head around it. It was like it was like he had money on it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what what are your guys? You know, we talk, you could go Adama Rumi, you could go for a refereeing decision, or you know, go, go for it. Fill your boots, Stu. Signing Huang permanently. Yep. Yep. That, that's mine as well. <laughs> I, <Yep. laughs> I, I think an honourable mention goes to um, the penalty decision against Man City, against yeah. Matinho. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was a fucking huge head scratcher. I thought that that was complete farce. Yeah. The, the, um, the thing about with Huang is that. It wasn't just that we signed him because we shouldn't because he is cack. But <laughs> it's just the, the, the timing of it in so much that he'd just been there. He'd been there injured for a month, so he hadn't played for us for a month when because it was announced on twenty sixth of Jan. He hadn't played for us for about a month at this point because he'd, he'd missed four games with his injury, and then we just go. I'll say twenty sixth of Jan. So it's getting towards the end of the uh, the January window, and we just go to that. Here we go. Look, we'll just. This guy, he hasn't done anything for a month, and all right, is that, is that a decent start? We're going to sign him now. Everyone's double takes all around. Thinking, well, what? What's the what's, what's the rush? <laughs> why why have we got to sign him now? We've, we've got the obligation at the end of the year, haven't we? Yeah, I've, I think I've, I've I've got to eat my humble pie. I think I think my first appearance on this podcast, maybe <laughs> you no know, beginning of February or something like that, and I was like. Oh yeah, he could make things happen. He's physical. He he moves about. He puts pressure on players. It's something the other. And I think when I was watching that Liverpool game last weekend, and um, he had a Paul Gascoigne style miss, and then ran after the ball and slid in to keep it in play, and then missed the ball completely. I looked back on that comment that I made in the middle of February when I was very much a newbie in this in this podcast with huge regret um, because. <laughs> He well, he mugged me off there completely. <laughs> we all have these regrets to the best of us. Um, <laughs> okay, so we've gone from, I guess, head scratcher. Let let let's lighten the mood a bit. But uh, funniest moment of the season. But my, my mine's actually the same for goal of the season. Seeing seeing Ben Foster get lobbed, as you know, frankly, just getting repeatedly beaten mm. that day were, had a lot of joy. Oh, but I think yeah. particularly the lob, because it was essentially from two yards out. Well, he yeah, I've got that as a funniest moment too, because of the safe bank saying, stick that on your fucking YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that whole day, and Ben Foster just collapsed into himself. It, it, it was almost like he'd turn into a black hole. It's I mean, the, the fact that he's still talking about it, though, there was a video of talking to Andy Murray the other day on Twitter, and he's still on about it now. And you think that game has properly destroyed his life. <laughs> <laughs> but it couldn't happen to a better... Well, he, he takes it in good stead, but he, he, it's all panto at the end of the day. But after what he's done to us, yeah, glorious. 
Yeah, he, he does seem like a, a nice guy, but you can't put the stuff on Twitter that, that he did and not expect anything in return, <laughs> like in spades. And yeah. so there, there you go. He, he, he just he deserves it. I mean, he said before, hasn't he, how much he hates playing the Molyneux. Like, yeah. literally, I think, he, I think he almost fears coming. <laughs> coming. I think, I think whoever he signs for next, if he does carry on, he's going to make sure that he doesn't have to play Wolves anytime soon. Yeah, so get a uh, niggling injury on a Friday sort of vibes. Um, okay, so we've got two two more awards to go, then, fellas. So I've gone for social media moment of the season. Again, take it however you want. Um, I mean, I, I, um, I must admit, I'm not, I am not as uh, social media savvy as some of you guys and the rest of the in the podcast clan, but um, I saw a screenshot floating around of um, Yerson Mascara chatting up some girl on Snapchat yes. or something, yes. like saying, you know, like uh, something really, really ridiculous. Wasn't it something like, I'm sure it was like, hey, hey, gorgeous was the first line. And then like two hours later, it's been like, why no response? Yeah, I just, just like, <laughs> you know, he, he, he was shooting his shot and, you know, but, I, I just found that quite funny. Um, so yeah, that's mine personally. Um, yeah, I'm think, almost scared to ask, but Stu, Mister Miami, trying to get Russ sacked from his job. That's <laughs> 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 a villa oh, away. Right. That was that, that was an exchange for the ages. And the fact that the beef's still going on, it's gone. It's gone on for like eight months. Yeah. Mr. Miami versus Mr. Bilston on Twitter. <laughs> I'm so perplexed by Mr. Miami. So he lives in Wolverhampton, yeah. but he is from the step. Like, why? Just why? What? So he's he's in Wolverhampton, employed by a football club to go to all <laughs> cities a week before we play them and do a kind of you know travel man type thing. <laughs> On there, <laughs> well, he was doing food stuff on. Again? He was doing food stuff on TikTok. That's that's how we, he kind of rose to prominence. But why wolves employ him? You know, oh, is what he, kind is of? He still, oh, is I, he, I live in England. The crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he, is he still going? Because it might just be me, but I've. I'm very quiet. Any, yeah, I haven't heard anything about him for ages. Maybe because I'm not looking. I'm not. I don't actively go and see what he's doing. But they used to like, like he on Wolves YouTube section. He's got his own section, doesn't he? All the Mr. Mm. Miami stuff. He's got his own bit on Wolves YouTube. But I don't know. He just seems oh, to have wow. died off a bit. Maybe Russ good spoke to the right people and got got him silenced. <laughs> That's it. Um, a, a couple. Um, one in one in the chat is um, the drone. Yes, yeah, that, was, wow. a, that yeah. was a great moment. Um, oh, also Martin's another really funny moment is the fact that we've got our own record label. I think that's fairly hilarious as well. Just yeah. as a, just as something which we do now. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, I could have included under funny moments. Where the fact we're sponsored by like Royal Caribbean as well. <laughs> again the amount of weird yeah. sponsors we had this season i did a quiz on it uh with andy and blake i think it is bonkers but what's quite funny is that at some point during home games like there's a lull or something and up on the scoreboards will just pop up like 
the esports lineup with like champions underneath it, and it's all in Chinese or something. You're thinking, I've got no idea what who they are or what they're doing, or you know, <laughs> they're all they're all they're all there, arms folded in, in lineup pose, wolves tops on, champions. Great, well done, champions of something, but I've got I haven't got a clue what. <laughs> uh, um, last one, and I feel this is going to be very self-deprecating. This one, but worst take of the season again this could be one of your own i know you've tom you mentioned about huang if you want to use that sound or have you seen somebody else's and you feel like you know pointing the finger i'll allow you to go all in <laughs> mate I'm, I'm sorry but it's due if sean dies surely <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a tough one to beat that one, to be honest. <laughs> All in. I rap, and believe me, I've thought, I've tried to, I've tried to think of others, but Stu's coming late there on, on the rails and <laughs> just took it. It was just honest. that screenshot. It was just that screenshot of him that you put in the group chat just creased me, just that face, like, <laughs> you know, you want to. <laughs> So I was going to go all in on Sean, Sean Dice because, all right, I appreciate that anyone who isn't the ten people in our fan, in our fancast group chat, that there's there, there is probably so little relevance. But just say, just think, I would go all in on Sean Dice, and then just a barrage of question marks, being like, <laughs> so so the, the, the fuck. Um, <laughs> It's really easy to do on players, and I was trying to find like a fan cast one where tweets tweeted something about Huang, and, and there probably is. Um, the nearest one, I wouldn't call it a, the worst take, but against Arsenal, uh, 25 minutes into the first half, um, I think it was the first game we played him, I tweeted via fan cast Trinkat is so close to becoming a dangerous player at this level. By no means is he the finished article, but there's definitely improvement on when he joined. And that's still, and I like, I like Twinkle, hence why I posted it. But looking back through some of the replies, quote tweets, and the fact that he didn't really push on for, in the next three months, it's not not the worst take. It's no, it's no worm eater, but it, it's not one of the better ones. And I'm happy, I'm happy to, uh, I'm happy to front up on it. I mean, the. Me and Price being the only ones who rated Kilman for a whole year last year. I know it's going to bleed it into the uh, the timeline a bit, but then that Luke and Dan trying to take credit for Kilman Club. That's that's the worst take of the season. I mean, we 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 were there <laughs> yeah, in the trenches. But... We we saw the potential last year, and them to, to I, know coins... I know what they're doing, Stu. I've I've chose to ignore it since since that first comment was made. I know what they're doing. I've chose to ignore it and continue yeah. to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know we, we, say, we, we know we're on the right side of history, Stu. When all said and done, in a few yeah. years' time, we know we're on the right side of history. <laughs> well, great place to lay, leave it on the uh, KKC. Um, we're going to take a short break <laughs> now that we've done an hour on the last season. We're going to look ahead of the off season now. We'll be back just after this. <laughs> 
Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some question or opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyetimedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references, and maybe even a bit of football talk. Right, I should probably have not didn't pick the right time to have a drink in those uh, thirty-two seconds. Uh, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> so the the only place I think we can start um, talking about the off-season, guys, is this: Is Bruno the man to take Wolves forward? Do you want the, uh, yeah. the short answer or the long answer? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go for a short one and I'll eke out a bit over time, probably give my, you know, my views in a really elongated way and not give you guys any time to actually give your opinions. Let's let's go for that one. I well, I, I, I think yes. Yeah. I I think yes. Um I think yes, provisionally until Christmas. I think that yes, we've got to stick with him, but I would not be surprised if in the middle of the season or by Christmas, oh geez, Louise, or by Christmas, um, <laughs> we, we see a bit of a switch. Um, personally, <laughs> but now <laughs> I'm starting to change my mind. <laughs> I was going to say, had a bit of a barrage of no's there from the on the uh, <laughs> on the chat there, but um, it was. I'm I'm still in the yes clan, to be honest, because I've sort of a bit of improvement from last year. I know it's finished badly, but if you can get the players he wants in, he's talked a big game as he since the season finished. He's talked a big game that we know what we're going to do in the summer. We've got the plans, blah 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 blah. I've heard it all before, but. If he does get the back in, uh, I'm willing to give him. Well, what happened to Bruno Ball is the comment there. Well, that went after game three, didn't it? But um, I'm willing to. I'm willing to give him a, a, to give him if he gets backed properly. I'm willing to give him another chance next season. Um, also, because I've got no idea who I'd want to come in to replace him, and not Dice. <laughs> I say, it, it, um, Paul in the YouTube comments, who I think say Regner, listener and contributor. Hello, Paul. Um, very much on the, the no side. Now, Stu, you're, you're being surprisingly quiet so far. <laughs> I just don't care. And that's, that's <laughs> kind of says it all. If he was if he was relieved of his duties as a mutual partner of the ways tomorrow, I really wouldn't be asked. And that kind of... <laughs> Says it all, really. If he got his, he's only had two, well, one and a half players of his own choosing in so far, and he's done a better job than Nuno did with that bunch of players. Obviously, it's the end of the line for a lot of them now, and he needs his own men in. The fact that the whole Ruddy things already kind of, oh well, he wanted him to stay, and now he's been got rid of. That's not great, is it? Um, so it already looks. From the outside in, he looks like he's being undermined from the outset. So, if he want, if he's going to be a little bitch and a yes man and just take what they throw at him, then is he really going to perform? 
And it, like one of the comments say, why wait till Christmas? If something better comes along in the meantime, then... But then Daishi's not going to come in, is he? So I honestly don't care. And I I can't see any... If, if someone else comes in, they're not going to get backed. If he stays, he's not going to get backed. So it's a case of better the devil you know, for me. It's just at this point in time on the 29th of May... I just don't know. It's a it's a strange one in so much that you, as she said there, you could take it. You wouldn't be surprised what happens either way. If he stays, you go okay, fine, yeah, he's done all right. But then equally, if he does go, you'd be you'd also say, yeah, because of that coming because because of how it's all ended, and you know, yeah. you know, you know what 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 I was like these days in in hiring and firing and yes, as a comment said earlier, Lopetegui is apparently available. He was always Boson's guy, but I don't know if we want to push that button just yet. But I think yeah. I mean, come on, we're we're entering now the the the, the most exciting part of the football calendar, and that's the that is the close season because this is when we all get renewed optimism. Well, hopefully we do anyway. But then this is, we've, we've now got at least, like you know, through June and July, we've got every day we've got a transfer rumor to look forward to of, of someone, and obviously for us that means Gabez linked every single bloody day for the next two months, over and over and over again. Um, but this is the exciting times because now we see the, the squad overhaul change, and I'm just saying, like this is how you know this is this is. Well, hopefully, this is we, we do have Bruno still at, at charge because I still I've seen enough for him to to to, to take it take us forward. But equally, as I've said, you know, if if we find out, you know, come Monday morning, it says, you know, Bruno's been, so you could you could just say, yeah, okay, could see the signs on the could see the writing on the wall on that one. As as we said, you know, the, the ruddy thing goes not off, not off to a great start in that regard. As soon as anything like that comes out, that just shows that the manager's not being listened to. But I don't know. I'm not sure about the full story with that one. But um, I don't know. Like I said, like the comment just said there. Then you know, it's it's just a bit huff and puff. It's just a bit how the season's ended and just tailed off. You think, well, have we got anything exciting to look forward to? <laughs> we do get like a summer of, of uh, revolution <laughs> well yeah I think um, that, but we'll start off I guess on not not I guess a positive note because all the other ones are about players kind of going and being sad I guess but looking to pre-season um, and where do Wolves really need to strengthen um, I don't know let, let's say you can sign three players positionally Stash style wise, what what are we going for, guys? Um, bear in mind, I can happily bring up the uh graphic for the incoming of last season where we didn't sign any central players. Um, wow, I, I would say we need to get wow, if uh, we need to get forward, center midfielder, center back. And I think if I had five minutes to hash out a plan to sign three players, I think the first players that would come into mind would be. A player like Breuer, who plays with, wow, is on loan at Southampton at the moment. I think Tarkovsky, and then just for old time's sake, Renato Sanchez to see what goes on there. But yeah, those those would be the three that just off the top of my head. 
Renato Sanchez just because of a bit of, I guess you would call it morbid curiosity now, because whether it actually happens or whether he decides to pass the ball to a um, to an invisible person and goes out and play like he did for Swansea against Chelsea in a, in a game I saw, we'll see. But um, yeah, just a bit of curiosity there on my part. So, Stu, how about you? You've got the summer. You're, you've, you've replaced Scott Sellers. Um, <laughs> but where, are we, where are we reinforcing? So, Tom says it's the whole loose spine, ain't yeah. really. We haven't got a striker. We haven't, we'll need at least one or two midfielders. And if we're going to be playing in a back four, we need someone who can play in a back four. So, it's, I mean, you're looking four or five at least in them. I mean, we, like we said last week, and we've said for months, all our strikers and forward players are shit anyway, so that makes no difference. But you need at least one one focal point who's going to do something. So a central striker is a must. And then you can kind of get by with what we've got out wide when more centrally is more important um, as a priority. And I think central midfield has been crying out for years, as has not so much central defence, but central midfield has been crying out because... It puts so much pressure on defence anyway because we have to play the way we do because they can't be trusted to do anything <laughs> um, going forward. That if you get someone who can do everything in the middle, then you can potentially go with a back four. Of maybe, and I'm not, I put this in the group the other day and got mocked as usual. Someone like you could go Toti Gomez and Kilman as a back in a back four. We don't know, it's never happened. Toti's got pace. Kilman's got positional reading. It might work brilliantly, but you wouldn't have as much on them if they're constantly being bombarded all the time and playing defensively. So if we've got someone to, to carry the ball in midfield, that would be my priority. Midfield and up front. I suppose and, and, the same could be said, though. Like, if, if you play Morgan Gibbs-White in his actual position, then that could be... It could be seen as, as a new signing in and of itself. But obviously... He Wolves fan Wolves fans are divided on that issue, but you know I, I could I could see him coming in and doing a job and and if he's played in his proper position and not as an ad hoc addition to a squad where no one really knows the impact he's going to make, um, he he could he could revolutionise the way we play the game. Well, that, I, mean, I was going to say that nicely does bring us on to our kind of. Our, my next thing, in particularly about Gibbs White, is that we have, I guess, sort of three lone players around Wolves who I think a decision needs to be made. Let's be honest, we've got Gibbs White, who's coming back um, to Wolves off the back of a fantastic season with Sheffield United, who I think it's very clear that he is at a crossroads. He can either keep going at Wolves and potentially play first in football in, you know, whatever formation, or he needs to go go and get that twenty billion pound move to a new promoted team or a recently relegated team. You've got Adama Traore who's coming back off loan from Barcelona. He's got a year left on his contract. Enigmatic, inconsistent, in and out. Whatever. I can't think of any of it in words I can use to describe him. Um, but Wolves either need to work out if they're going to get him a new contract. Whether they're going to let him run it down for another 12 months to get nothing for him or sell him for what's going to be a cup price three. And you've got Trinkau, who hasn't lit the world like there have been flashes, but very, very dim flashes. Um, in the true sense, there's definitely a player there, 
Um, but Wolves <laughs> have probably got an option of whether that's the right thing. So, I, I guess really quickly, what you know, um, Trinkau, are we going to? Should we keep slash sign him or send him back to Barca? Shooting. Barca's that way, by the way, which is the, well, front of my living room. (laughs) With the money that we haven't got, we can't be taking any more risks. So, unfortunately, I think he's probably after going to go. I mean, it it turns out he doesn't want to stay anyway, so it's a non-avoid point. Um, But if it was a swap deal, we'd try to do it all day long, just because of potential-wise and whatever. But... Spending actual money when there's other other priorities, nah, not for me. Even for me, wrong wrong time, wrong situation. How, how much do you think he's worth, Stu? I mean, they'll depends how much. I mean, if they could, if Villa could get Coutinho for what was it, twenty million, mm. with his age, I'd guess they'd probably want about between fifteen and twenty for him, and even that. I don't think we can do that. I don't think we. I don't think we'll spend money anyway, regardless of Trim Cow. But we're just not in that position. So, I mean, I can see there's something there with him, and I, I know I'll be shot down all day long over this. But I don't care. He's obviously got talent. He might be too. It might be too early for him in the Premier League. I know he's 22, wherever. But he's too weak. He needs. He needs building up on the uh, on the Neto preseason <laughs> building train again put that in with job but yeah so it's but we haven't got the money to do it so we have to send him back I remember that yeah. that, that cliche there's a player in there somewhere being used many many times for Raji Van La Parra <sighs> the greatest Dutchman ever still got paid <laughs> we still got paid hate him every week so he gets paid um for me, I I was I think I was quite clear early on about Trincao. I, I never I never thought he was he was much good for us. I'm not saying he's going to be a bad player for the rest of his career. It's just not worked for us. And um, I do remember when he had his first good game. I think was who was it again? Was it was it Leeds? I think it was Leeds at home, and uh, he scored and assisted. And there's lots of comments like online saying, ah, see, that's see, that's that it's he's good, which definitely he's definitely one to keep and consider for the future. I'm like, well, that's one game. What about the previous like 30 where he's done that absolutely nothing at all? You can't make the case for a player after after one game out of you know so long of contributing nothing. Um I he probably didn't really wanna he doesn't really want to stay himself long term. He hasn't contributed. It's very, very, very hard to make a case to to spend money on him for that for that purpose. So, for me, it was um, yeah. Thanks for turning up, but um, we'll send you back to Espanya. So, my, I guess my kind of question, Tom, would be: so we talked about Adama and his situation as well, and again, money impacting within that as well. Would we all be okay with just a swap deal for Trinkau for Adama? I don't see it happening because of Barca's finances and the fact he's done not nothing over there. But would you be happy with that? I know you've mentioned that you're you're a fan of Adama. I I don't know. I I, I think with Trinkau, 
he's he hasn't done enough for me to prove that he is worth keeping on and i'm a man who likes idiosyncrasies and enigmatic players and even though Traore is by far from the full ticket and can be very frustrating he he brings a bit more life to the squad and for that reason I would like to see him back personally and if I'm being honest and I know they're probably in the minority I was I, I I was ashamed when I saw him leave and go to Barca um I even though as I said he he makes me pull my hair out I would rather have a player who is exciting and gets me off my seat and ultimately makes me really frustrated and annoyed than a player that makes me feel nothing. And Trincao, unfortunately, doesn't make me feel an awful lot other than his nice goal against Leeds and his goal against Forrest in the Cup. That's fair, that's fair. So, last one we need to speak about is Gibbs White. We've mentioned him a few times now. Um Let's just assume, I don't quite know what I'm assuming, but the, the option is that he can either move for £20 million or he can stay and he is playing in the first team at Wolves. Now, that's not mean he's going to start every week, but he's at least going to be in the squad every week, let's say, whether it's sub or whatever. If you were Morgan Gibbs-White... What would you do? Let's say if they can stay the same with large, whatever, and we hopefully change style a little bit. So there's a bit of a natural evolution. If you're Gibbs White, do you stay with Wolves, give it another crack, and you know, probably start one every, you know, every other game plus? Or do you go and making sure, you know, you're a bit more of a big fish in a small pond without I mean, any disrespect to anyone else? If, if I'm Morgan Gibbs White, um, after the season I've had, when you've you know you've been an integral part to that club getting into a playoff space and all the all the, all the rest of it, I would want assurances from Wolves that I'm going to be part of of the system and be playing every game in some capacity. And the only way I would accept being a squad player if I was if if I was signing for a team, you know, like. West Ham or something, like a, a, a team that's finished above us in the table. If 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 Wolves were going to offer some kind of agreement where I would be a squad player, then I would feel shortchanged and I'd probably look to go somewhere else. Um, so I hope that an agreement is made because I think that there's a lot of promise there. But yeah, if I'm Morgan Gibbs-White and, 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 and I'm staring down the barrel of a choice between playing every week somewhere else potentially who won't finish as high as us or playing as a squad player for Wolves I think I'd be choosing choosing to play every week and maybe a Knott's Forest or something like that you want you want you want the club to invest in you basically make a statement and say yeah this is we believe in you we want and we want you to play the danger is like that he he's been messed around by Wolves before as we've seen, you know, we've recalled him off loans when he was where he was doing well. It was Swansea, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, snatched, snatched then, him back, didn't we? Yeah, took him back, messed him about. We've normally not played to his strengths when we brought him back. He's got a bit of shit off the fans online, which surely you know won't 
making want to come rushing back to us. So if you're him or his advisors or whatever, you want to sit down and just say, look, if I'm going to stay, I want I want you to invest in me as a, as a person and player. So that means, you know, perhaps sign a longer term, I don't know what his contract situation is, but, you know, maybe a long term contract, sit down and say, look, you're going to be a vocal part of the team. As you said, you're not going to be a guaranteed starter. No one's really guaranteed starter, but you will be a, a key point of error midfield stroke forward line most most weeks. He just wants he just wants that I guess he just wants that assurance, you know, that 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 comfort that he will be a valued member of the first team. And whether or not he feels that'll ever be the case with us is another matter. Um I'm trying to think based upon his recent history with us, I would dare say that he will probably be looking to pastures new. I think I think he would Unless, unless we can really sweet talk him, I say we like the club. If we can sweet talk him round, and he's got the bargaining chip of having a good season with Sheffield United, then with his belts, he said, "Look, this is what I can do, given the full run, a full season run of games." But I just think, given recent history, I wouldn't be surprised if he's looking elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, you look at it with Sheffield United as well. He didn't play like, the, the position that we think is his best position is like a ten. He barely played there for them. He he, no, he was playing like wing. he was playing he was front a lot, wasn't he? He's yeah. playing either a, a second striker or wide left or wide right in a, in a forward three. Um, he did play a few as a ten, um, but he almost had a free role. Um, but I mean, if I'm in, well, if I'm him, I wouldn't be getting out of bed if him. And you look at his misses. I mean, come on. But I would not be even entertaining coming back here. I mean, why would he? He's he's had shit from from an early age when he was rubbish admittedly when he had a chance Nuno didn't play him in the right place he was messed around on loan over and over again and half the fans hate him anyway regardless of how good a season he's had and I've said this a few times that if you if you look at a kid with them stats in the championship like what Mason meant when he went on loan to Derby and you take his name out of it and he comes back and we sign him someone like that everyone oh well his first choice he has to start because it's Gibbs White, you're thinking, oh, well, he, he'll be a squad player at best. And it's nonsense. The whole thing is nonsense. I don't know why he'd even... If he's got a chance to get somewhere else, I'd 100% take it if I was him. So why yeah. wouldn't you? Well, for, for me, it's the fact that does he improve this Wolves team? Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about Trincao. Does he improve this Wolves team dramatically? No. So I'd be happy for us not to sign Trincao if it means that the minute that minutes that Trincao gets gives what it gets. I think, I, I just think, as you say, we need to invest uh, time into him. And I, I, I'd be interested to hear your take on this boys as well. Like if he wasn't a local lad, do you think he would be giving so much grace to this club? It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? He obviously loves, he loves the club. He wants to establish himself there, but you're right. he, he hasn't been treated well by the club itself. The fans give him shit. I mean, it, it, it's one of those. And I remember when he scored against West, was it West Brom he scored against last season? Um, Brighton. I Brighton, sorry. Oh, yeah. My bad, Stripes. Brighton. Um, <laughs> yeah, those rivals, Brighton. Um, <laughs> when, he, when he scored against Brighton at home, you could tell that that meant a lot to him. And, you know, 
someone could respond to that and say, well, you're playing in the Premier League, every goal you should score, you score should mean a lot to you. But I don't know. I, I, I'd be happy to give them one more chance for sure. But as as both Stu and 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 Pricey have both said, it's I wouldn't I would not be surprised if he decides to sign for a club newly promoted like Notts Forest and get and play ninety minutes every week and feel much happier and be a better player for it. Yeah, I think I think very least. I don't. Think, uh, we're all in agreement here. I don't think we'd hold any grudges against him for the no. move. Because you, there's clearly a talented player in there. Whether you know we may or may not disagree with his Premier League quality, and but he's he's definitely above Championship, that average Championship now, which is I think where a couple of fans assumed he might end up. I personally didn't. I've always been a big fan of his. Um, but look, you got to take your chances, and if he can keep from developing somewhere else and whatever, then good for him. The other kind of one I wanted to touch on is pre-season's always a great chance to get a look at up-and-coming players as well, usually. And we know Bruno's track history with um, players, but who do we think is going to step up in pre-season and next season? So a lot of, you know, I've pulled up four players in Gibbs, White, Cundall, um, Chiquinho and Totti, who all kind of, apart from Gibbs White, have all kind of had flitters with the first team this season. We won't talk Gibbs White because, you know, we we talked about him. Um but do we see any do we see any of those three having an impact next season or do we see because there's been talk of, you know, Chiquinho going out on loan, which I know will infuriate Stuart. Um so Stu, in terms of do you, do you see it see them where do you kind of see all their three futures going into next season? I think out of all them, I think Toti's got a bigger chance. I think Toti's great. I, I don't understand what all this, oh, he's brought, but he, he played in a top flight. Yeah, he, he, Switzerland, who cares? He, he's not done anything wrong. And he, look, at, he played, look at, he played against Liverpool the other week. Again, not phased one bit. He's the right age. He's got a chance to develop. And Sace has gone. Well, we'll presume Sace is going to go. Um, I don't, I just don't get it. It's just because he doesn't cost like 40 million quid. If, if we'd sign him from somewhere else, this is like the whole Kilman thing that we had last year. Yeah. If Kilman had been putting the, the performances mm. in as um, Cleta Char or, or anyone else who we were linked with last season, everyone had been loving it. But because he was, oh, he, he was little Max Kilman from Maidenhead, well, who cares where they come from? How much they spend? How much they cost? If they're good enough, leave them where they are. And I think Tony Gomez is a player. I really do. I think, oh, yeah. I think he's got a bigger chance next season for us. Yeah, no, I agree I, I think Yeah, sorry, sorry, I was just going to say that the, the tendency there is to like maybe pick a Chiquinho because he's the exciting winger. But since Toti's come in, he's, he's been near perfect. He's barely put a foot wrong. I just said, it doesn't matter where you come from. A find is a find. If you've picked a guy off Fellas Park, and he comes in, and then he's he doesn't put a foot wrong. Doesn't matter. With Sam Kilman, Toti's just come out of nowhere. He got his debut, and we're all like, "Bloody hell, this guy's good. He's he's, he's class. He's tiger tiger in the tackle, good on the ball. What what's not to like?" So depend. They say is going, which we we think he will be. There's a, there's a spot open up there. Now, obviously, it depends on whether we stick to three at the back or. Switch to four. That that'll that might depend on and the opportunities that he gets. Um, but it's 
it's, it's there. It's it's, it's the spots there for it, there for him to be grabbed. I, I hope he doesn't go back out on loan again. Um, but absolutely, yeah. is the one out of those three to to really step forward and stake a claim. Yeah, Chiquinho hopefully should be there thereabouts because that's just such a big impact in a short time. And yeah, Kundal. Kundal will be there probably, you know, as a, as a squad player, I guess, next season. They they've got to, they've got to come from somewhere, haven't they? And I think if if any, if if there's any kind of reflection of that statement, it's the fact that if at the beginning of the season someone said we are going to be starting a player that's been on loan to um grasshoppers and a player that is coming on loan to Barcelona, um who's going to be better? I think we would all say Trincao in that instance, but, you know, the proof's in the pudding and I think we need to sometimes swallow our pride and accept that some of our, some decent players are going to come from, you know, going to come from pretty modest, modest beginnings and that that's fine. Hence, you know, Max Kilman and hopefully Toti. Um, but I, I agree with Chiquinho, I think, We've got to keep giving him chances. I don't think he's ready to start. And with Kundal, you know, I think that I could see him going out on loan, maybe to someone else in the Premier League. Who knows? I think he's a good enough player and obviously putting in a shift in the under-23s, um, but definitely one for the future. But right nowhere near maybe you know, starting week, week out. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with all your points, which is quite nice for a change, guys. Um Right, we're going to wrap up today's show with a bit of a quiz in a slightly different format. So, because we do sometimes like to share the workload in the fancast, we've all got a couple of questions each. Um, so it actually means I get to compete for once, which, you know, just saves me, you know, just Googling the answers. Um, so who wants to go first to deliver their questions? So how we've done it, um, I'm hoping we've done it this way because I've done mine like this anyway. So I've done one sort of general Premier League based this season. I've done one Wolves based, but it's not just this season. So my two questions are: uh, do, 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 do who won? I've even wrote it down. Who won the most aerial duels in the Premier League this season? Most aerial duels. I'm trying to think who's who's tall at the back. I might say it was mentioned before, but I might just say uh, Tarkovsky. Hmm. Oh, you know what? I'm, I want to go with Maguire. He's. Oh, this is so tough. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, oh, I don't know, Kane. It was Chris Wood. <laughs> no way. For second place was Tarkovsky. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mice. Okay, so my Wolves-related question was, um, and I phoned this one in, I'm going to be honest, guys. Who was the last permanent senior signing Kenny Jacket made? Oh. I feel like I put a lot of variables into that question, I'm not going to lie. Permanent signing. I've got one. Uh, it, 
He didn't sign anyone before he got sacked, did he? James he didn't, he didn't Henry. Before, that seems early. Um, oh God, yeah. Oh, it's me thinking that I was just thinking League One. Now he had a, he had a, he had a stab at the Championship, didn't he? Oh. I'm gonna in the interest of time. <laughs> I'm gonna have a go at. Oh no, I, can't, I was gonna say Shay Ojo, but I can't be right, can it? Jeez, I've not thought about him in ages. He was only he was on loan from Liverpool. He went back after six months because he was awful. Of course. Um, I'm just looking at baseball now. He was at Rangers, wasn't he? Yeah, I, yeah, I saw him last season was somewhere. Shay yeah. Ojo. He is currently playing for Millwall. Oh yeah. He is. That's a well-trodden path. Oh, yeah, of course it is, yeah. Is it going to be someone, some, someone nonsense like Lonergan? I was going to say Lonergan. I was thinking Lonergan. I wasn't quite sure. What well, are we going for answers, boys? Put a set of misery. Rather annoyingly, it's Handy Lonergan. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Jackett was technically manager for us at the start of that season we sacked him on the 29th of july of which we then signed silver the next day um yeah that was my thing uh, but, that's what i said right at the start i thought he must have i thought he signed some before he got sacked yeah we signed Andy lonergan and also elliot watt but he was on a free transfer so i think he was like a youth mm. academy signing um so Go on. Who who wants to go next, Tom? I know you you yeah, you were oh, keen, and I know you could have supplied plenty more questions as well. Um, okay, I'll start with my Wolves question. So, when Wolves lost one nil at home to Man United at the end of August, Wolves got three yellow cards. Now, the first yellow card was obviously from Sace. The second yellow card was Neves. But who got our third? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say Marcel. Marcel, Samedo, Rich. I'm now panicking if he played, but Silver? Okay. It was Morgan Gibbs White. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So did he go alone straight after that game? He also, <laughs> let's just, he also <laughs> did make a, an impact in our squad this season. Um, now, the second question, we saw Rob Edwards go from Forest Green Rovers to Watford as manager at the end of this season. Now, obviously, 100 caps for Wolves, but finished his career at Barnsley, 2011 to 2013. Can you name the two teams that he went on loan out to, though, during his time at Barnsley? During his time at Barnsley? Okay. If you've been loaned from Barnsley, that's pretty grimy. Um, Was Blackpool one of them? Uh, I can't think Black... I kind of thought Blackpool was in there, but maybe not. You I'm gonna ignore the fact you said that, and you can and you can try again. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I, I ignore people who think out loud. 
I'll, I'll go for someone, someone like Forest Green and Queen of the South, or someone, someone like that. That's my Forest Green and Queen of the South, lovely. I'm gonna go for that neck of the woods. Let's say so. I'll go Scumthorpe, mm-hmm. and I've got a memory, if not pretty good one, but I'm sure he played for another team around here. I think you might have played okay. Shrewsbury Town. I think you might have played Shrewsbury Town. Okay. I was going to say Swindon and Coventry. So, Rich, he did play Shrewsbury Town. And he's, a, he's a former Wolves player. Of course he's played Shrewsbury yeah, Town. And, like, and Fleetwood Town as well. So, I think I think you get the you point. Said, that, did you say Blackpool? Fleetwood and Shrewsbury. Yeah, but I was going to say Fleetwood's near Blackpool, so maybe that's where you were going. Oh, I see. He maybe. actually signed for Blackpool from Wolves, but then. Ah. Um, hmm. Yeah, there you go. Fucking hell. Why that's am I spending cool. my Sunday evening at 12 past 10 <laughs> talking about where fucking Rob Edwards played at the end of his career? <laughs> <laughs> right then, Pricey, let's have your, let's have yours then, and we'll speed, we'll speed this bad boy up. Right then, so Wolves related question first then. So in the match where Raul started and played the 90 minutes, which game did he have the fewest touches and how many was it? Oh, impressive. <laughs> so if you can tell me the team and if you can tell me the team that we played and the number of touches that he had, you get double bubble. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, the caveat there is he had to he started and played the 19. Yeah. That's a, that's a tasty one about this, Adam. Can I can I, I have it where oh. like he played against Man City and got sent off? That's that's invalid. Yes, okay. he played full ninety. I'm going to say West Ham, and he took twenty two touches. Okay. Brentford nine. Hmm. It's all on Rich. It is. That's never a good thing, is it? Um. That West Ham, you're thinking West Ham away, aren't you? That's a good, yeah. good shout, isn't it? Beginning of, or end of... Yeah. End of... I'll go Arsenal with 14. No, I'm, no, I know. I was going to say 40, but I know how many Huang had uh, the other day. So I'll go, yeah, Arsenal, 58. Okay. Unfortunately, none of you were right. Right. Oh, yeah, and, uh, a good chance. Quite stingy with the touches as well. Nine with shades as well. Uh, the correct <laughs> answer was uh, Leicester at home, and he had 29 touches of the ball. So, moving on one. then to the, the, the general one. Can you name, and I'll, and I'll buy you a pint if you can get them in order. Can you name all 10 managers who have lost their jobs this season? Oh, Is that in the Premier League? In the Would Premier you... League, sorry, yes. Okay, so... Are we going to do this collaboratively or what? Yeah, I think, should we do this collaboratively? Because I don't quite know how we'll be able to do it otherwise, apart mm. from chatting over sure. yeah, So I'm going to go Nuno and get it out of the way. I'll, 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 I'll tick them off as you go along. So don't... Nuno, correct. Dean he Smith. Third man- he, he was the third manager to go, Nuno. Oh, I'm surprised he made Smith. it that long. Don't worry, I've got the yes, visual was... for anyone who's watching. Okay. Benitez. Dean, Dean Smith was the fifth one to go. Benitez was the seventh one to go. All three at Watford. <laughs> Can you name them? Shoot. So, 
Well, I, I need names. Yeah, I need names. Was it Cisco? Was Cisco it, one? Cisco Munoz. Yeah. Thong Song Munoz. Yeah, he was. He was the first one to go. Ranieri and technically Roy. Yeah, Ranieri was the eighth one to go. The German chavi from um, no, I can't have Roy. He's he's yeah, lost his job. Uh, Daniel Fark. That's not Daniel Fark. Yeah, Fark. Daniel Fark. Yes, he was the fourth one. To um, go. Bielsa. Yes, Bielsa. He was a Solskjaer. Solskjaer. Yeah. yeah, he was the sixth one to go. So I think we got nine. Who are we missing? Um, You're missing two. You're missing. You got ooh. eight. There's two to go. I'm surprised I've got one of them. To be honest, have I scouted one of them? I thought I had nine. No, he, he's disqualifying uh, Hodgson. Ah. Saying it's unfair. Um, oh, um, Tabijad, Brucey, Brucey, and yes. Bielsa. Bruce. You got Bielsa. Got Bielsa. So I know who the last one is. Yeah, I'm sure. It's like go on, Stu. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> the big man. Yeah. Well, fortunately, when he takes the, over in a month's time. The next Wolves manager, according to you, the last one was Deutsch. There you go. You got there in the end. See, because I don't, I don't think of him being sacked. He's just having a holiday before he rocks up here. That's all that's happening. And Benidorm, probably. Okay, Stu, your question, and if it's where was Sean Dice born, we're <laughs> ending this production. Sean Dice born. It was going to be which pub are we going to name after Sean Dice, but we'll move that later. Um... According to the Premier League website, which Wolves player was the first one to give away a foul this season? Neves. Marcel. I'm going for him uh, again. Um, uh, um, Jimenez. All round nothings. It was seventh minute away at Leicester for Trincao. Oh, <laughs> Trincao. I was thinking Trincao. I thought, no, it's going to be too simple. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's so reputably dirty uh, yeah. and physical, and yeah. tries to get stuck in. Reminds me of Razor Ruddock a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll share the individual photo of him. He's got noodles for arms, Annie. Yeah, there's no meat on them. He, has, he is going to have to, um, yeah, you say hit for Pedro Neto regime. But for me, the right. reason, <laughs> I, I, by the way, I realise I'm playing my head. I am not just flexing my lack of muscles. <laughs> but the main reason I was on the, the Premier League website today because I spent well, best part of forty five minutes to an hour um, looking up how many times we wore our away and third kit in the last four years. But the question is. In the last four seasons, away from home, how many times have we won gold shorts? Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking hell, that's a great question. In the last four, four years. So, basically, oh. we got promoted. Yeah. I like how I'm, like, asking, like, you just need to qualify. Not not for any reason, like, it's going to make any difference. Because <laughs> it's just, we're just going to take stabs at all. It's just to buy me more time while I think of a number between, like, one and ten. It's not well, I mean, many. just 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 we didn't wear against Hull, do we? What what do we think? Do we like the gold on gold, or we do prefer the gold on black? What do we prefer? I'd no. love a whole season of gold on gold, <laughs> just fully like, gold, like like the sixties. Yeah, bring it back, like the, like Hon, like Honved in the fifties. Yeah, get yeah. get it fully gold. Well, that, well fair, that, was much, that, that was pretty much the bronze, wasn't it? The, the Honved fifties. <laughs> <laughs> it was like an apron. 
I think it's just getting used to it. So I think I, I, I'd, I think it'll be an eyesore. And after three games, you'll be fine with it. But I'm going to go for four. Oh, yeah, four years. That. It's a good number, isn't it? I, I remember, I'm sure we wore against Besiktas. Premier what. League only. <laughs> Premier League only. No. Oh. Oh, Stuart, well, it's not a trick I'm question. Gonna, I'm going to bring it down to three then. If we've just got, if we've just gone four, I'll go three. Oh mate, so I'm just going to go five in it. I'm I'm, I'm going to go Might with well. one, like in the in the new regime with Adidas and Castore. I don't think I've ever I can't recall seeing the gold shorts. Well, you would be confused because in, we've only had gold shorts in our first season back um, in the W eight eight year, and it was four times. Oh well, there you go. Newcastle, Fulham, Spurs, and Southampton. <laughs> Magnificent scenes. And for, for context, we wore that season we wore our away shirt five times. The year after that we wore the black one four and the third the green one twice. The um <laughs> the whole it, year it of lockdown. I I did this research, I'm getting this info out there. Um <laughs> The whole year of lockdown, we wore this monstrosity cloud shirt once at Liverpool away and got battered 4 0. And the Portugal shirt five times. And then this season, the bus seat was worn twice and the white one was worn three times. So Did you do the way it really does pay for itself. Did you do what? the Grand Prix? Because we, we know nothing happens in Formula One. I don't. It was red flag twice today. So <laughs> now that was done this morning, nine weeks till the season starts. That was. That was about a hundred times better than my Rob Edwards question. So, as I mentioned the other day, guys, um, we definitely do like a quickly Kevin style Bulls fancast quiz. And I get, I'll get, we'll have probably Dan, who is our you know usual chief mass uh, quiz master general, uh, do some uh, quizzes for us um, because that is the end of the show. It is the end of the season, guys. Um, Thank you so much for listening throughout this year. Um, it, it, it's, you know, we, we do this in our spare time, you know, we've knocked out need two hours and it's, a, it is usually a joy um, chatting walls with your mates. Um, even, <laughs> even if sometimes the football's a bit crap, um, but thank you so much for everyone who who's listened, if you've watched on YouTube and you've liked and subscribed and whatever, you know, that's something we've been really proud of kind of pushing and growing this year. So thank, thank you so much. Um, we're going to try and bring you as much content as we can during the off season, whether it's, you know, one-off specials or, you know, breaking news or whatever. We're going to try our best to still kind of keep you informed of our, of our opinions, if you like it. Um, and if you don't still listen, hopefully you'll, you know, hopefully we'll turn you around. We usually try to, (laughs) no, um, uh, big thanks to, uh, 90 min football network. Um, I was going to say not that they'll probably listen to you know fifty one hour fifty minutes into this, but you know it's been great uh, being part of their network this season, and also to Pixel Getting Media as well. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, definitely go do it now. Um, make sure you follow us on our social media. It's at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also YouTube stuffy as well. Um, and yeah, we will be back. I was going to say really soon. Hopefully we'll be, uh, as I might take a couple of weeks off or whatever, or 
sometime, but we'll try our best to bring you um, as much silliness and water-related stuff as possible. That's the fancast guarantee. Um, but until next time, it's goodbye from Tom. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. And can I say thank you very much for having me on board. Um, it's been very refreshing to speak about this fucking stupid football club with a bunch of new people so yeah that's a lot and it's also been nice to have someone else who doesn't have a ridiculously strong Wolverhampton accent on as well <laughs> and it's, it's, it's brought it's brought down my own as stewards say posh levels but it's potentially having you involved has raised the average up as well so <laughs> thank you um it's goodbye for pricey uh, uh, this way, over here. Yes, me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See you and see you everyone. It's goodbye from Stu. Enjoy the summer. Eat your worms. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and it's goodbye for me. Catch you all soon. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP.